When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder, Taryn Sharma, uh, these Metropolitans, you just can't stop them. What's happening, man? Another big week for the Metsies. Yeah, well, you know, they, they can't be kept down. Even when something goes wrong, we've seen this throughout the year. They don't let any of these issues snowball. And uh, t- uh, today we needed kind of a stopper after uh, yesterday's pitching performance and, and Taiwan Walker stepping up recapturing that first half of last year form. And he did it without striking anybody out, which I thought was really cool. I know Keith Hernandez made a point during the broadcast a few times. I guess Gary Cohen did as well, talking about how sometimes pitchers perform better if maybe they're uh, physically uncomfortable, which, you know, throughout the day, he kind of saw Walker reaching at his back or grimacing. He had the heat pad on it in the, in the dugout between innings. Um, we're recording this pretty much immediately after the game. I'm not sure what he's uh, said about the back so far, but you know, that's um, it was an incredible performance and it was, you know, exactly what the Mets needed. Keep the opposing team off the board and, and uh, you know, let the offense do its job. Exactly. Yeah. And um, Nito called a great game today. I know that he's been struggling at the plate. We've talked about how the catchers have, been inconsistent at least offensively but these guys are doing a good job behind the plate and that that's really something that you can look to and count on and uh and and so i think that we should take some time to mention that and appreciate that these guys have been working really hard to call good games and and the pitching performances have shown it oh absolutely and tomas nito is such a talented backstop you know forget about the bat for a second which hasn't been half bad um, you know, all things considered, I think he had an RBI on Thursday. And of course, James McCann wasn't playing on Thursday. He has a sore wrist. Uh, Buck Showalter said they're letting him go day, day to day. Uh, they do expect him in the lineup on Friday, but of course we'll have to see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's <sighs> for so long watching two catchers try to handle a staff. It was, uh, you know, guys get pigeonholed into, oh, well, this guy throws to this guy. This guy throws, he's more comfortable throwing to this guy. It seems like Buck's trying to get everybody involved. Um, we saw Scherzer throw to McCann, I think, his last time out. And uh, if McCann does play on Friday, that'll be the case again against Seattle. It's It just speaks to the playing to everyone's strengths. And of course we know Tomas, you know, that's his strength is as a defensive and game calling backstop. And he does a very good job of it. Even McCann does in the same respect, maybe not, you know, the same level defensively as Nito, but uh, you know, his pitchers all rave about his game calling abilities. Exactly. And, and that's really uh, what their focus should be anyway. So everything that we're getting from them offensively, um, at which today, timely hitting. That was yeah. really great. So, uh, all good stuff. Yeah, we'll always take that. And, you know, McCann, when, when he gets a hold of one, he'll put a charge into it. Just, 
<laughs> They've been so few and far between. Yeah, that bomb that he hit in Arizona might still be the longest home run that the Mets have hit this year. It might still be going. It might still be up there. <laughs> no, really. Uh, and we saw it, I guess, a couple of times last year when he really, you know, put the barrel on it. Um, that thing, that thing travels. And we, you know, even when he gets hot, whether it be for a, a week or a month, you know, I'm sure the Mets will will, will pull some wins out of that. And this team just kind of they've made it their uh, their hallmark to to you know do what they can. You try to push any button they can to try and get a win. And, you know, the responsibilities are being shared. The, uh, the, the, the glories are being shared. It's like a different guy's doing it every day. Look at Mark Canna on Thursday, three for four. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I believe it was his third extra base hit of the year. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So two home runs and a double. I can't believe that. But, hey, if the guy's hitting over 300 and, you know, forget it. With runners in scoring position, he's doing it. And, yeah, it's – uh. It doesn't matter who it is. Someone's going to step up. And even if Mets are on the short end, it just keeps on seeming to have it. seems to happen that way. Yeah. And, and prior to his uh, home run in the ninth, I think the Mets scored those first three runs all with two outs. So the situational hitting that we were begging for last year has been present this year. Um, again, like the entire team is not necessarily hitting the ball so hard, right? We've talked about that that's been off discussed like how are the Mets scoring this many runs if they're not really blasting the ball into the seats uh it's because they they've been putting together timely hits and um and really getting good contact even if it's not going a long distance um yeah canna really good to see again an example of the team speed that the Mets have had all year uh that's an underrated factor I think of this team think about how many times Starling Marte has beaten one out and today Canada did. He had the infield hit. Um, and uh, I think I saw the New York Post said that that's the 54th uh, infield hit so far this season by the Mets. Uh, so that, I, that doesn't even make sense to me, but <laughs> I guess so that leads the, the majors. So um, I thought today was like a really good, or this entire series really, even though uh you know, McGill struggled yesterday and that kind of made it difficult for the Mets to come back. Although, you know, wouldn't be impossible given what they've done this year. I think it was uh, a really good example of like a a really well-managed disciplined team that plays good defense. And then, you know, a team that has kind of struggled with those fundamentals. Another thing uh, that I noticed that kind of exemplifies that on Tuesday, that in that, uh, I think it was the first inning, um, could have been a bigger inning, but Nimmo with the, he cuts it off in the, in the gap, then throws it on a line to McNeil. And then McNeil had the perfect throw home and, uh, and that guns down the runner and, and beat the runner by like half, half of the distance. So, um, that was, uh, that, that was really nice to see. And, and even when these guys aren't necessarily hitting, they're not letting that affect their defense. And that's really important going forward. And it's, it's, it's almost like a ripple effect. They're not letting any facets or any other facets of the ball game or facets of the team dynamic affect any others. You know, the team loses a game once they even lost two in a row. They don't let these things snowball. Um, you know, the Mets got out to a fast start on Wednesday, scored three in the first. By the way, to speak to fundamental baseball, which I think that was a perfect way to put it, Brandon Nimmo, I believe, in the first inning, uh, 
who the hell was pitching last night? Sanchez, who looked terrific, by the way. Um, he left something that drifted onto the outside half to Nimmo, and he sent it the other way. We've seen McNeil do it. We've seen Alonzo do it a bunch with two strikes. But back to the fundamental side of things, um, you, you almost you, – you see guys relying on what's got them here. And, you know, that's always a great place to be, whether it's as an athlete, whether it's in your regular walk of life, you know, not trying to do too much. We hear it. It's a baseball cliche. Stay within yourself. And, you know, it's it's the truth. And we're seeing guys do that. Everyone's calm. Everyone's relaxed when the, uh, you know, the Nationals did it themselves on Wednesday. But, you know, the Mets came out hot. Nationals came back and the Mets kept on you know, at least applying pressure, they weren't able to play anything until later in the night and it wasn't enough. But, you know, even games they lose, there's still good things and encouraging instances to take away. It's just, uh, it's a completely different energy than we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. And they had a little bit of help on uh, on Tuesday with the, the rally rat. How about that? The rally rat. Oh, so many jokes can come from that. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. In a way, it's like the the full circle. Uh, the <laughs> it's awesome. And Cookie had a terrific game. He's been outstanding. He has. Yeah. And now that he's fully healthy, like, if this is what the Mets can count on, he's superb. I, I, yeah. He was somebody that you were hoping at the back end of the rotation would be able to eat some innings. And now he's uh, – this guy could start a, a third game of a series and you wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah. And like, you know, look at McGill. McGill had a really, really tough night on Wednesday. Yeah. It happens, but it does. it's almost like a blip on the radar at this point. It's like, well, you know, not every start's going to be a gem. Uh, the Mets went out there and got a W on Thursday. Walker had a great start. He got his first win of the season. Not like pitcher wins mean anything, but still. Um, and it's just keep the train rolling. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 been very fun so far, and I think they're still now they're twenty two and eleven. They're still keeping up that two out of three pace, which yeah. you know that's just incredible. Yeah, and I want to bring up also about McGill. Todd Zeal said in the post game that he thinks that McGill might have been tipping the pitches. Uh, that makes more sense to me than um, than some of the other possibilities. Um, I mean, barring some sort of injury that we don't know about and we haven't heard anything about it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're well, still there. he was still hitting 98 towards the end of the star, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. So yeah. um, I, I think that there's probably something that they saw on film and uh, and that's made it uh, a little bit easier to pick up what he was throwing. So hopefully they'll uh, Hefner will be able to to rectify that before his next start. Dude, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, I the, the highest level of baseball I played was high school and even then, like you try looking for tips, you try looking for a glove flaring or like a, a forearm muscle twitching or something, whatever you can look for. Guys today, they have, you know, just totally intricate video footage and data to really get into these things. And I'm sure that pendulum swings both ways where pitchers can, you know, oh, they notice it too. And all right, let me address that. Let me just break it down to the, like the most minute level and say, all right, let me make my my delivery, uh, you know, repeatable and completely tip proof. And, and, you know, like the cat and mouse of today's game is just uh, it's almost mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with all the footage that they have on every single one of these guys, 
Like you've got to be cognizant of it. And um, now McGill has enough of a track record that they need to look for that because they are worried about what he could do. So um, yeah, I, I think that they'll get it fixed yeah. and, uh, and he should be fine going forward. Uh, I was happy when I saw that Zeal said that honestly, because um, I was, you know, it came out of nowhere. McGill has been so good. And uh, if he if he's tipping like that, just that explains a lot. Sure. And if they can limit that damage, it's even better. And I think having, you know, veteran guys in rotation, Scherzer, Carrasco, you know, most specifically, um, you know, you look at Scherzer's delivery. He's like a it's like a ballet move. It's beautiful. And -hmm. he does the same exact thing every time. And it's that funky arm angle. But if you watch his and it's it's like it's almost like his wind up. But um it's just, you know, everything is is perfectly timed. It's tap the hands up, bring them down. Leg up comes as the hands come down. Just it's it's magic to watch. And I think that's, you know, besides the, the fact that you want to keep a repeatable motion just to keep your pitches consistent. I think that's probably in itself the magic behind not giving up tipping is, is just doing the same exact thing, making such a point. And even in, in Scherzer's case, because, you know, you look at DeGrom's delivery and it's so tight and and boom, 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 go. Scherzer, it's like, you know, maybe he, I mean, this is just throwing it out there, but maybe he did have issues with tipping earlier in his career and mm-hmm. developing such a, a, a choreographed delivery um, you know, maybe we'll see something like that take place. And I, 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 you know, offhand, I can't think of Carrasco's, but um, you got to wonder whether the input from those veteran guys who've probably seen everything by now is going to push him along. Uh, McGill, of course, push him along a little bit further, uh, yeah. a little bit quicker, I should say. I agree. And also, I wanted to give credit uh, both Trevor Williams and Stephen Nagosek. They both provided very valuable innings. All of that stuff adds up. We didn't have to use any of the, the you know, the so-called better relievers, the guys that are uh, really being counted on to get the pivotal outs, high leverage spots, uh, and all of that stuff matters. So um, we talked about Williams' role, I, I think, in one of the first episodes I was on with you, and th- that was just very important. And those guys deserve credit because not everything is going to be uh, – great all the time you need the guys that are going to have those important mop-up duties uh so yeah credit to them and and that was that was was good to see oh it's always great to see and i think that's what you know that's it's what you look for and and you know mets fans were conditioned to i don't want to say expect the worst but we could see it on the horizon and I, I was victim of this last year. I was really wrapped up in the positivity and the and the the, the momentum that that ball club had. And there were a lot of fans, a lot of smart fans out there saying, "Nope, you know, we could see this. The you know, wheels falling off from miles from miles away." And then they were right. <laughs> a lot of them were right. But you know, you can look up and down this roster, and you, you just don't see those weak spots. You just don't. And it doesn't matter, you know, there, there could always be reinforcements and it's always a nice thing to have reinforcements, but, you know, even just lineup and starting pitching rotation, that's, you know, that's going to take you places. If you want to go out and add to the bullpen, even better. But yeah, you, you have to like what you're seeing so far. Yeah, uh, I'm loving it. And again, still a very, very good time to uh, be a Met fan. 
So we, uh, we put that series in the books and the Mets are headed back home. They are. They're headed back home. They got a big series. We got some old friends coming into town, some, um, you know, little storylines to that. We're going to get to that in the, uh, in the second half. Everybody hang tight and uh, we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. Uh, as we were talking about, the Seattle Mariners are coming into town. That begins on Friday. Max Scherzer gets the ball. Uh, Westchester County native George Kirby. Yeah. On, uh, on Saturday for the Mariners. And uh, yeah, you know, I guess the Mets are just looking to kind of keep on rolling. It's an exciting team they have in Seattle. Good team, young team, but uh, very talented. Absolutely, yeah. They've been uh, struggling to score runs of late. Uh, I've got a buddy who's a big Mariners fan, so I'm always uh, plugged in with uh, with how their fan base is feeling. But um, yeah, they, you know, they were up and down last year. Uh, that was like the joke of the fun differential because they're run differential was awful, even though they were winning games last year. Um, <laughs> fun differential. We love yeah. that. Uh, Scott service. He's awesome. But yeah, really fun team. Julio Rodriguez uh, has gotten kind of a bad strike zone so far to start his career, but I'm um, hopeful that he's going to keep improving. He's a, a fun player. He's got a lot of tools, big guy. Like um, he's awesome. And I got to see him at the beginning of the year here in Minnesota uh, he had a, a big double in the last game or in the second game of the year that helped them end up coming back and winning the game. Uh, that was a game tying or he tied the game, right? Uh, I think he got it going and then he later scored. I think when he scored, he tied it up. Yeah, yeah. That was, I remember watching that game. It was a day game, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and Buxton had hit the home, the go ahead home run. Oh, right that before that. Yeah. Which was yeah. a tang. Um, off of. Uh, they have a, a really good reliever um, whose name I'm, I'm forgetting right now, but uh, yeah, the, the, um, the Mariners and the Mets, they're always going to be connected through this uh, Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano, Kelnick and Dunn trade. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see Kelnick come to town. He's really struggled so far this year. He struggled last year, but seems like a nice kid and a kid that you would root for. And um, I, I really want to stress, he's still so young. I know that he's racking up the plate appearances now and that you might be thinking like, oh, we're getting to some sort of sample size where you can determine that, oh, he's just a bust. I don't think that that's true. And I don't think that that's going to be the case for him. I think that he's still very talented, very young. And Brandon Nimmo said this week, you know, he was a first round pick. And when he was uh, when he came to the league at, at 23, he was nowhere near the player that he is today. And we know that Nimmo is a fantastic player, a key cog in this offense. You've seen um, what happens when he's not playing and he's played great center field as well. Now, uh, I, I, I'm excited to see Kelnick. 
I hope he doesn't beat us, but uh, I, I'm also rooting for him on some level. I hope that he uh, can can get it going because he, he, he seems like a nice kid. Oh, I'm rooting for him on on it. I'm, I'm outwardly rooting for him. I, I never stopped being a Jared Kalanick fan. Uh, it's not like the kid chose to be traded. Right. Um, you know, it 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 ripped the heart out of a lot of Mets fans who were really, really excited to see him come up through the system and make an impact. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that it's out of the fans hands. It's out of the players hands. I, I don't I really don't get the, the, the vitriol that's been headed his way for so long. I don't get the celebrating in his uh, his struggles. Um, you know, the guy this is a guy who only played just a shade over 200 games at the minor league level. Yeah. 894 played appearances in the minors. He's already got 123 games and 473 played appearances in the majors. So this is not your 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 typical or, or quintessential you know journey through the minors. This is not the journey he took. Yeah. He made his debut last year with just I, I want to say it was like 17 at bats in AAA or something like that. He was definitely fast tracked. Yeah, yeah, he was fast tracked, and and you know. I think when you've seen him at his best, he did have a couple of spurts last year that he was really, really hitting the ball well. He's played terrific outfield. Um, you see the talent. The talent's more than evident. You look at his swing. I mean, geez, look at the kid's arms. He just he, he brings the bat through the zone so quickly, and when he makes contact, you know, it's, it's that rocket. It's, you see it fly off his bat. And you could say the same thing about Rodriguez. If you, I mean, you were talking about his double – if you saw his, his first career home run, which was last week, um, just, you know, a tank. It looks like when Acuna hits the ball. And yes. that's, that's almost what separates these guys. By the way, Julio Rodriguez, after his slow start, over the last 30 days is hitting 280, 339, 370. The power's not there yet. But like you said, I mean, there's just – there's so much talent. Um, very, very excited to see both of those guys – Yes. I've actually turned into a big J.P. Crawford fan. I, I've always rooted for him, um, you know, from afar. He was with the Phillies. Then he kind of moved along, kind of struggled, but really found his way, got himself a nice extension in Seattle, and he's, yeah. you know, hitting the cover off the ball this year. Yeah, he's been really good. Six OPS or something? Yeah. And, uh, and Ty France has been really good for them all year. Oh, yeah. And, and you know who – and, again, I don't take joy in seeing guys struggle, but I know last year it was a big talking point that, oh, the Mets got rid of Chris Flexen and he went and, you know, did wonderfully in Seattle last year. And this year he's, um, you know, he's struggling a bit. And I take no joy in that. I hope he does find his way because I've always been a very, very big fan of what he's doing. But, um, you know, I think this is the, the five that the Mariners play with. They yeah. try to do all they can with guys they can, but, uh, you know, there's always going to be bumps in the road. There's always going to be ups and downs. Uh, even Logan Gilbert, I think he started off the year, his first five, six starts was like a sub-0.5 ERA. Yeah, he's up to 2.13 now. The Mets will miss him this week, but this weekend. But, you know, there's going to be struggles, especially when you have such a young team. But, you know, Robbie Ray, who's a reigning AL Cy Young winner, his right. ERA is still up in the fours. So, you know, guys are going to find their way. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So uh, speaking of the pitchers, we'll see this week. So Marco Gonzalez uh, tomorrow. Good uh, pitcher. Love his yeah. off speed. Love his breaking stuff. Yeah. And we've got Scherzer going, which is awesome. That'll give Bassett one more day. Um, and then you mentioned the Rye product, uh, George Kirby, who then went to Elon and 
uh, was an early round pick um, by the Mariners. He'll be on Saturday against Bassett and then Robbie Ray and Cookie again. So should be a, a, a good matchup. That should be. I, I'm, I, I like Robbie Ray. Um, of course, you know, the tight pants are always a, a sight to behold. But uh, terrific stuff. Um, George Kirby, uh, you know, fireballer. Yes. You know that eventually he's going to struggle. And we know that a fastball can't get a pitcher by um, alone in, 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 at, at, any, at any stage in their major league career. I'm very, very intrigued to see um, his full repertoire. I'm not, you know, overly familiar with it. Uh, I am somewhat familiar with Rye. I've had some very good times in Rye. You ever been to Rye Playland? I have not. No, but I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Good did. Good stuff. I mean, it's it's your it's your run of the mill carnival, at least what it was when I was there, which is oh gosh, probably the mid two thousands, maybe that was probably the last time I was there. But yeah, you know, just um, cool area. I, I like that Westchester County area. You like it's almost got a, you know, it's very much got a suburban feel to it, but it's not like Long Island suburbs. It's it's it feels like upstate. And I know technically you are upstate, but it's not that far. But you got your your Hudson River. You can see your mountains. It's, you know, just uh, it's nice, I guess, for a Long Island kid to go up there. But yeah, I'm certainly psyched to see what he has. And uh, I'm very I'm even more so excited to see what Bassett brings out next, man. He's been so fun to watch. He's been so good. And uh, I think it's time to start talking about extensions uh, for him, for Nimmo. Um, I mean, those are guys that I'd like to see locked up and part of this core for, for time to come. I think Pete should also be in that conversation. Absolutely. Um, I know Bassett was open to it. He mentioned that, you know, I guess he came to that conclusion fairly quick for a guy who just got here from Oakland. But uh, he seems to be very happy here, very comfortable. He's made it clear that he'd be willing to have that discussion um, with an owner who's willing to spend money and who, I guess, presumably knows a good thing when he sees it, considering he's a multi-billionaire. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, I have full confidence that this organization is going to just do the smart thing. It doesn't have to be the, the right thing. I actually trust them to get me pissed off and it'll still work out fine. That that's where I'm at with this organization, which is, you know, if you would have told me that a year ago, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's just, it's something else. Now you're, you're heading. It's of course you're an hour behind. So it's still just ahead of 4 PM in Minnesota. You're going to the ball game today, right? I am, yeah. So uh, last night's game, there was torrential downpour. They suspended it. Uh, the Astros ended up winning by a lot um, today at twelve ten to resume the suspended game, and then they just started the second game. So they head over there with a buddy, and um, I got a class party tonight, and then graduating on Saturday. So very exciting. My family's coming to visit. It's uh, it's going to be great, great weekend. That's outstanding, man. Congratulations. Um, be safe. Don't, don't, don't get too crazy out there in the, uh, in, in, the, in the Twin Cities this weekend. That's right. I won't. I won't. <laughs> and this was um, U of M, right? Yeah. Um, graduating from the University of Minnesota Law School. Fantastic, man. Any direction that you're going to go with the law degree? Are you getting – now, I know we have, we're going to get into, I guess, 
give us your whole story. I know we probably should have got to that on your your first episode as the uh, as the official co-host. But I do want to hear about your journey through the baseball world. Do you have any plans on getting back into that now that you finished up your degree? Well, I, I mean, I'm almost I'm always open to it. Um, so I accepted a job at a firm uh, downtown here and I'll practice corporate law which is, uh, it's interesting to me and it's also a great paycheck. And um, we also founded a, uh, a clinic. So a clinic is like for, in the legal context, clients come in and they get free or reduced fee uh, legal work. And this is typically done with things like immigration, um, but it can also be done with um, things like business law. So I participate in the business law clinic. We were able to found a sports and name, image and likeness clinic um, so that'll be housed at the law firm where I'll be working and my mentor will be leading that. And I'll, I'll also be teaching that once I pass the bar. So I think that that's going to give me um, my fix for sports for sure. And uh, if it happens to work out, I'd love to be back with a, with a baseball team in the future. Well, it'll certainly keep you in the loop. Yeah. Yeah, it will. And, and hopefully not too soon, you know, because then yeah. we can keep doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, you know what? I I have no problem setting the alarm. Uh, we could do this at 2 a.m. if you want to, man. <laughs> we can get it in whenever, man. As long as your schedule allows for a few minutes, we'll uh, we'll keep this keep this train moving. Yeah, I think uh, I, I was uh, gonna say, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm very appreciative and I, I love the opportunity to be able to to talk Mets with you and talk baseball generally and. Uh, it makes me feel connected to the community. And I think that that's one of the best things about being a Mets fan is uh, the, the strong community, uh, both online and in person. So, uh, yeah, I, I, thank you again. Oh, stop me. It, it feels like every uh, every episode you're thanking me. But really, it's 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 <laughs> been it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I you know, I can sit here and talk to myself every week, but that's that 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 only goes so far. And, and you know, me and you have we've done this in the past and we've had conversations off the air and said, yeah, you know what, let's, let's give this a run. And I, I you know, I'm having a, I'm having a blast so far. Hopefully uh, we'll keep this thing going because yes, the community is what, what keeps us all around. And uh, you know, as, as this thing picks up momentum, I, I can't imagine where, where this community is going to be in a, in a few months, as long as everything keeps on track. Yeah. Hopefully uh, at the world series. Yes, sir. But on that note, um, we're off on Sunday because, of course, Taryn is going to be celebrating his, his graduation from law school. So we're going to be back on uh, on Thursday next week with a whole bunch of Mets baseball to recap. Uh, of course, if we have any extremely big news in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll hit you with an emergency pod. But, uh, you know, we're just cruise control. At least we are. This team yes, full speed ahead. But uh, until next time, I'm Tim Ryder. It's Taryn Sharma, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.